Hello and welcome to the third episode of Much Ado About Rugby. Back here again with Max and Amaliki, my two friends. I am Ed, I'll be your host for this evening, or whenever time you're listening to this. And today we're going to talk more rugby. So let's start straight into it with a bit of rugby news. Uh, Max, and I know you had a bit of a story to tell. Yeah. First of all, hope everyone's well. Um, recent po- <laughs> post by Ultimate Rugby quite interesting about uh, Rugby Australia's director of rugby Scott Johnson saying it's time for World Rugby to introduce a transfer fee system to compensate clubs and countries for lost talent you guys heard about that no you just told me before the show started yeah basically what he's saying is that for countries where so let's say England produced like insane amounts of talent and then they went to a different league like I'm pretty sure what he's saying was part of the transfer fee over to a different league would go to that r- rugby's governing body. Okay, yeah. So, so basically, basically, just funding funding all the Australian rugby players, basically. Yeah, all basically. Just funding of rugby Australia. What <laughs> what what about uh, uh like Tongan and Samoan players? Yeah, they they'd make absolute pee. That's it's quite a good point. idea because because for those nations especially for the tier two nations, well, borderline borderline good nations occasionally be a tier one nation like Fiji, Samoa, Tonga. Um, yeah, they they probably need it more than rugby Australia. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good idea, but I'm not sure how many clubs will latch onto the idea because yeah, also like. New Ze- I swear New Zealand would make so much money. Yeah, they they got all they li- sorts. They've got all sorts of people going over to Europe, so yeah. they, they they just get so much more funds from. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's, there's there's literally players you didn't even know were from New Zealand, and I look up where they're from, and it's like, New like Zealand. who? Yeah, Sean Maitland. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, actually, I actually thought he was Scottish until like recently. Yeah, it's good. good one, I actually. genuinely thought he was the most Scottish person on the planet. However. <laughs> When I listen, when I was watching the Lions Raw documentary or whatever, the one where you see the uh, extra scenes from the Lions tour, I think it was two, whatever it was, the the Australia tour, the recent, the more recent one, and Short Maidens mm. on it, and I mean he's just speaking full Kiwi accent, and I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah, um, the the other rugby news ad that that you're really really interested in is. Peter Stafford is staying put. Oh yay, <laughs> yay! And no one cares. Brilliant. <laughs> why? Why did he even terminate? Try to terminate his contract and then just go go back and just like cancel his termination. Because because he realised how irrelevant he was. He was going out of the rugby news. <laughs> he needed. He, 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 <laughs> he needed, needed to get a new the rugby story. news. <laughs> Need a new story. <laughs> I'm Peter Stafford World Player of the Year. Put me in the news right now, please. Yeah. No, we're, we're, we're moving on because we don't like talking about him. We've spoken about him enough. Um, I think Already. what what we're going to do now is we're going to have a bit of a comparison between the top leagues in Europe being the Gallagher Premiership, um, the English League, the Pro 14, the Scottish, Welsh, Irish and Italian League and the Top 14. Now, I've got some stats comparing them. Um which are actually quite interesting. It does give a lot of information when you look at the stats, att- attendance, points scored in, in each match and stuff. So I'll, I'll uh, drop them in at some points. But I think uh, I'm going to go to Maliki first and ask you, Maliki, what do you think is the best league and why? 
Oh, sorry. Okay, the the, the box. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, it depends uh, on the type of rugby. I think personally, the I quite enjoy the Super Rugby just because it's a lot more free flowing rugby. With... That wasn't part of the question, mate. <laughs> Wait, what? What was the question? We're, talk- we're talking about the t- top three leagues in Europe: Premiership, Top Fourteen, Pro Fourteen. Oh, I thought it was like, what do you think is the best league in the world? What league do you rate most and why? Oh, well, it has to be the Premiership, obviously, because just the best best league, English league, got all the best players. Um, I think and the, what's this called? The Pro 14. Uh, yeah. they, got, they got a few good teams, but they also have quite a lot of not great teams. Like, it's a bit, I don't know. Yeah, this is got... what I wrote down, actually. I wrote down that, the uh the south Af- the t- there's two south african teams in the pro- in the pro 14 the cheetahs and the southern kings who both used to play in super rugby which is really weird if you think about it because they're traveling over to europe from south africa uh i guess it's a point for why south africa might be able to join the six nations because they're already doing those sort of fixtures anyway but at the same time like does anyone really care if like connacht play the southern kings or is it just like a non-match just to fill out a match in the league just because they're in the league mm. what yeah. what is like what the is the point benetton i, I, benetton would, I would agree playing with you the southern kings i just i don't know with all those teams like you have to really be from that country to really care that much about yeah. them I, I mean or... i mean i i guess if you're if you're like a connacht supporter and you love watching connacht and you go watch your team play the Southern Kings, so I think I saw her on about nine points overall in the league after about 13 games. Um, really interesting. It, like, it's, re- it's really great. You get to go see your team absolutely smash the Southern Kings and play some really good rugby and <laughs> massive confidence booster, and it's a great day out. At the same time, would you rather watch that or would you rather watch a really close game against another Irish team, big rivalry, big match day, uh, bigger crowds, you know? Um, so I... I just think you know almost what's the point in yeah. having these south african teams they I, just want to yeah i think the problem with the the um pro 14 is that because uh, it's all a mashup of the different leagues as you said it's like you it'd be a lot more entertaining if it was like the premiership where like they were all irish teams or like all welsh teams or something like that um, yeah, obviously because so they're like um they haven't got as big clubs um they have to like kind of put them together to make up but, the league. Yeah, now I can tell that you. Just means that you have like a massive variation though. Like to to me, I would obviously I'd love to watch Leinster, Munster, um, Scarlets, Ospreys. Like you want to watch those big clubs because well, also their attendance is far far better. Like I know Ed, you've got some figures on attendance, but as far as I know, like the actual variation of attendance numbers in the pro 14 is absolutely massive like leinster sell out every single game whereas the southern kings southern kings like have i, I think it's like 50 percent attendance or something ridiculously low you could even be worse than that so i think that's partly why like the league is perceived as sort of having like two ends because it's just massively differing in atmosphere and also, there's always the same set of teams that can compete in Europe in the Champions Cup. On that note, I just I've I've written down a few stats, like I said, and the points difference between the three leagues, between the top club and the bottom club, is it varies massively. So in the Premiership, the points difference between the top club and the bottom club 
uh, despite Saracens being 105 points below or whatever. Uh, like we're gonna we're gonna ignore that because it's obviously a, an anomaly. But there, there there's 25 points between the top and the bottom team after 13 games. In the top 14 after 17 games, 36 points. Now in the Pro 14 in Conference A, because remember it's two conferences, mm. the points difference between the top and the bottom team is 48 points. Wow. And you just yeah. think, oh, like that's boring. If the team 48 points below the top the top team, Leinster or Munster, whoever it is. Um, you know, it's, it's a whitewash. Dominate. Yeah, it's it boring. It is boring. And I think that's what partly contributes to them doing well in Europe as well. Because you see, like, so the Premiership, for example, because it's so hard, hard fought out, you see the best players playing week in, week out. So I don't actually have stats in front of me, but I know, like, I, I remember hearing before that the amount of minutes Johnny Sexton plays compared to Owen Farrell is is so, so different. Um, and the main reason for that is because the pro because the Premiership is such a more competitive league. Clubs feel like they need to put out their best players week in week out, um, which means that English clubs will tend to like not do as well in the Champions Cup matches in the European games. But Leinster can literally fill their best team only in Champions Cup games. I know we're not only talking about Leinster, but because they walk the Pro 14 a lot of the time. They walk their conference. They don't really feel any pressure to put out. Yeah, and then when it gets to the quarterfinal, semi-final situation, then they think, right, let's get serious now. We want to actually win this. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Well, I just think, I think it's also interesting when you look at the champions of the last uh, five years in each league. So, in the Premiership, Saracens have won it four times out of the last five, with Exeter winning one in the middle. (laughs) Maxon loves to hear this. Um. So it's kind of like Saracens have just dominated, but they've also won throughout the last five European Cups, which is they've dominated Europe. So that's fair enough. In the top 14, the French League, you've got five different winners. Yeah, I love it. And in the Pro 14, Leinster have won it the last two years, and then you've got three different winners. It's pretty... I don't know. I think maybe that makes them more interesting, the top 14, the Pro 14, because you don't have one team dominating. The top 14 is an interesting sure. one, I think. Um, because, obviously, I don't know, it's a bit weird. They get so many foreign players in, obviously, because they have so much money where they can just play, uh, buy the players in. Um, and it's kind of, like, random where they go to. It's like whoever... There's not really, like, any, I guess, desire clubs. Like, players will just go to a club um, if they get offered a lot of money there. Like, and that, So there's quite an even spread out of it you get what i mean with the players is it's true it's true like so you got colby at toulouse and you got um curtly bill going to racing but i guess there are bigger clubs in france but uh there's it's not like you know england where you or, or the or the pro Football team where you've got the like, leinster is the team basically we gas yeah. up leinster mm. on this show <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, it's true though I, I think in turn also along with quality you've got you really do need to think about like atmosphere i know so so we all uh was it last year or year before we all went to the wreck yeah year yeah l- last year and if if we remember the atmosphere it was actually insane yeah it was, we, it was, and it, it was against Len- who is it against sorry sorry yeah saracens yeah and uh i mean awful game absolutely so yeah i don't that. think there was even a try in that one <laughs> no it was uh like 15 12 or whatever to bath which is really like not the best result all kicks but wet day 
and but i mean the atmosphere like bar fans like really fill out the place they actually care and it's it's just a great day out really like yeah that's the three points (laughs) (laughs) even though it was a terrible game the atmosphere was insane and we had a sick time but imagine you being at like benetton or southern kings and it being that kind of game just would be a bit crap yeah yeah i think i think that's partly helped because obviously what what's bath stadium called the wreck the wreck yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's not the biggest of stadiums in comparison to like some other club stadiums obviously they have like quite a big capacity in, like in the really big clubs um but bath isn't like got a massive stadium so obviously which is a good thing because obviously they sell out and it makes it feel a lot better Mm. Ed, what are the what are the attendance stats out of interest? I've got them here. So I've got average attendances for each of the leagues. Uh, so the Premiership have an average attendance of about thirteen thousand. The top fourteen, the French league, fourteen thousand, and the Pro fourteen okay. is half that, seven thousand. No way. Yeah, I know. So so you got to think like, well, a less people live in Ireland, Scotland. But I've I've heard like that still, apparently. I've heard apparently there's a big difference between like the clubs in the in the uh, Pro 14. So obviously the top clubs are selling out a lot, as you were saying with Leinster. But then the bottom clubs mm. are just like leaving so yeah, many empty I think, seats, which is I bringing with, down the average a lot. With the South African teams as well, I think they play in these absolutely humongous stadiums. Like, like well, they did when when they were in the Super Rugby. They played in like the the big stadiums in South Africa, the ones where the the Test team plays, where the Springboks play. And they would just like not fill it. It was depressing. You like you'd be watching the Southern Kings, and and there'd be about three people in the crowd, and That's basically give, giving away tickets. So I I don't know. Mm. Maybe we're just stating the Southern it's Kings rubbish. and the cheaters it, because they're not very good it's true though ed ed you're right like that that's in my opinion i know we're not talking about super rugby but that's why super rugby is rubbish like because because you don't have the grounds like you do in european rugby i mean like if you think about it okay the wreck welford road yeah probably and the and king's home the 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 stoop the stoop the stoop it's like these are pretty legendary grounds and because they're not big you hear such high attendance numbers and the atmosphere is so much better and same with france as well like they have, they have yeah. some pretty insane stadiums and pretty, and good, pretty cool things. Very good fan base as well, I think, in yeah. France. Like teams like Clermont, they get masses of people every week, which is why the attendance is high. But I think it's also might be like we talk about the South African teams having massive stadiums that they don't fill out. We've also got teams like Glasgow, which have like way smaller stadiums than than Premiership stadiums, and they sell out much more because they're bigger teams mm. and because they're better. But they sell out, but much less seats. So the average attendance is obviously going to be lower if 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 their maximum capacity is only ten thousand or whatever, mm. you know, rather than the forty thousand that can fit in somewhere like I don't know, Welford Road or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so it's interesting, but I just, um, I just I just think also, I'm not sure about this like semi-final final thing afterwards, like. I think but I think Ed okay if we're talking in relation to the premiership I think it's really good and the reason I think it's really good is because it means that people compete for top for fo- the top four places rather than the top one so like you'll see in the last few years it's been so obvious with like three quarters of the way through the season who's going to come first in the league 
Yeah. But you've still got people absolutely gunning for fourth place to try and get a semi-final. Yeah, like every match matters. Mm, exactly, which makes it so much better for spectators rather than just having a league format. It's which also, is why I think, it's I think also Champions do, Cup spots. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like you can still win the Premiership if you come come fourth. I'm not sure how often that happens. That's pretty man- mental. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, you're unlikely to because you don't get home semi. Like, but... Makes it no, interesting, I think it's good. Man. I think it's good overall that they have it. Ed, why don't you like it? I don't know. I just think, you know, the way that the Premiership football works, obviously, Premier League, it's like the winner's the winner. If it goes down to the wire, it goes down to the wire. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And it's like Liverpool have run away with it this season. Whether they get to finish it or not is questionable. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know. It kind of, you could be the best team. I Like, look at it from being devil's advocate. And look at it from a completely opposite point of view. You say people are gunning for fourth, but I'd say, like, what about the team that's been the best all season, like, overall on average? They've won the most games. They've they've beaten everyone there is to beat. They've proved themselves. They're miles ahead of the top of the table. They are technically the best team over the longevity of the competition. <coughs> Sorry. Um, but at the same time, they, they can then go on and just lose the semi-final or the final, which is kind of harsh. But, you know, if I, I'd say again, if they are the best team in the competition, then they should be able to prove it on the big stage at Twickenham or in the semi-final or whatever. And yeah. it does it does make a lot of money for the Premiership as well. It does make it a lot more interesting for fans. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, obviously, it's partly to do with money, but it's pretty cool as well. Like, imagine the Premier League football had, like, a first v four, second v third, and then, like, an actual Premier League winner. That that would, that, that would be sick. And a final, and a final at Wembley. Yeah, that'd, that'd be that'd be pretty <laughs> mental. But the thing is, football they play so many more matches in a season. It's like true. They got true. the FA Cup, they got the Champions League. You know, you got so much more going on, so you don't really have the time necessarily. You know, and but even if you now, look across the world, sorry, if you look across the world at all the best leagues, in my opinion, so you look at like NBA, how that works. That works in like a semi and final kind of way. Like yeah. NFL, the Super Bowl, that works in that kind of way. Well, you've got um, conferences, don't you? It's almost like the yeah, Pro exactly. 4 the way the Pro 4 team works. You've got conferences, <laughs> yeah. and then you go into the playoffs. Yeah, Why do we keep playoffs. talking about the States in this podcast? I hate the States. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it just gives um, more... Com- it just increases competition for like who can actually win it. Because as you said, if, they were mo- if like, one team is miles ahead, then obviously it just ma- makes it more interesting as a team mm. doesn't just like give it's up true. on winning first. It's true. Now, I've got a couple more stats actually here about uh, the actual games themselves. So we're talking about uh, attendance and the points on the table. I've actually got some stats here about points scored per game and average tries per game. So the Premiership um, is actually the top league in this category of points scored per game on average. And it's 53 points. So you're going to see a 25 points scored by each team, essentially. Um, which is a lot, to be fair. If you think about mm. it, if you went to a game and you saw, you know, a 24-19, you wouldn't be disappointed, I don't think. That's like yeah. a decent match. Uh, in the top 14, this was actually the lowest, 43 points per game. Again, still not that bad. You, you know, you got to look at both extremes. You know, some games are going to be 9-6 and some games are going to be 53-47. But <laughs> it's it's just interesting, and the Pro 14 lay in the middle of 46. 
So if you look at it like that, the number of points scored per game, then the Premiership beats everything basically. Yeah, so yeah. That's why, that's why I think it's the yeah. best league. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So the average tries per game, however, is actually in favour of the Pro Four team um, with five point eight tries per game, which is a lot. Like if you're going to go to a game, you're going to see five six tries. That's pretty good. I mean, the Premiership's five point mm. two, top four teams four point five. So I don't know. I've out of the characters categories I've got written down here in terms of competitiveness, I'd say the Premiership is probably the most competitive league. Uh, and also the highest scoring league uh, points per game wise but then you know there are there are pluses and minuses to the to the French league like there's a big big relegation battle in the French league so it's just interesting to discuss which league you think is is the best based on based on the things that we got here um now speaking of the top 14 uh despite there being a lot of foreign players in France we actually have noticed recently France have come on leaps and bounds in in the national sport in the national game. Um, so I think we're going to go on and talk a little bit about them now. Um, Maxin, what do you think has changed at France? What why are they why are they so much better now than they were like for example two three years ago? I think they've probably got a bit more direction at like an international level. Like I feel like they've been developing internationally over the last few years. I don't know about you guys, but I th- if you remember back, like for the majority of the last ten years, they haven't really had. Like I'm talking about the international side here. Yeah, they haven't yeah. really had a nine and ten. Like if you th- like, who was their nine teams, and ten before um, Dupont and Linsmark? They had Maxi Machino who played in and out they had Saran who played in and out oh, Ten he's, a, he's a classy player they, like, had yeah. they had yeah they had para like 10 they've had like uh freddie michelac tran duke like so many different players and i just think that now they're sort of becoming more solidified and actually having a team playing every time like and actually getting a bit more consistency in their performances because they do have that more that better grounding and also somehow they've managed to breed a pack of absolute beasts out of, out of nowhere. Um, and I think, I mean, looking at club level, I think that's come from the rise of Toulouse in particular. And I think it's come from their move slightly away from relying on international players coming from abroad. Because if you look when they were pretty dominant uh, with Toulon, that team was basically all foreign players. Um, and now you look at their dominant teams, um, look at your Toulouse, they have uh, foreign players, but I feel like they more like complement the French players in the squad. It's more built around the French players rather than built around international players. Like that Toulon team was built around Johnny Wilkinson, basically. Yeah, I, but, um, I, I think I think that's a that's a great point. So if I if I look at the team that was picked, for the Six Nations match against England, which they won, which mm. kind of surprised everyone because England in the in the year before in the Six Nations absolutely destroyed France, like three tries in the first ten minutes or something like that, just that, just outrageous. And um, I look at people like Damien Pernod, who is an incredibly good player. Great like, accent, Ed. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. No, he's, he's he's a he's absolutely insane. Like I love I love the way he plays, um, 
Uh, he's rapid as well. We use that word a lot. Um, but yeah, like you, you feel like Cler- he plays for Clermont, and I just feel like without him, like Clermont would be slightly worse. Like they couldn't just bring someone else in that's as good as him. It's the same with Vakatawa for for Racing. Like Vakatawa is an absolutely in- incredible player as well. Um, mm. And then you got the young guns coming in, and Tamak and Dupont. Like wow, they are classy. Like and ta- they're they're so young as well. How old is Dupont? What twenty one? Twenty one, twenty two, I think something like that. Mm. Yeah, mental, yeah, mental. Young. That's that's so young to be playing for France, especially as well as he is. Did they um? Did they win like a couple of years ago? Did they win the under twenty under twenties World Cup? They did. Yes. They did indeed. Yeah, with that yes. guy, what's his name, Jamie Joseph, who we talked about in the first episode <laughs> one, who's an absolute monster mm. at nineteen years old. <laughs> beast <laughs> yeah stupid beast. just like us <laughs> yeah. i mean they must be doing something right in their academies I, i'm just not sure but you look at their pack as well and they've got new guys coming through i don't know who this gregory aldrich guy i don't know don't know where he's where he's come from the he's most, a freak the most <laughs> the most british accent gregory aldrich <laughs> yeah, um, definitely not how you I, pronounce his name <laughs> no I, th- I don't think i don't think he's actually french is he not i don't think he is what aldrich I could be making that up. I think you're probably making that up. It's it's all the guys like okay, Willemza no, and Bahamahina. I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. His father Terence was born in, in Kenya to Irish parents. Who's this? J- He's J- Irish. Who? Aldred. Gregory Aldred. Well, his mum's French, but his dad's Irish. I think he oh, sounds quite English. Ah, a bit like a Scott Spedding. Scott Spedding, yeah, the most could, French could name ever. <laughs> <that up. laughs> yeah, I think I think the French have just like converted the right the right foreigners basically. Like Willem's, uh, he's the, he's the number five. He's absolutely brutus. He's absolutely massive. I'd like to talk about another player now, Gail Fiku. What do we think of Gail Fiku, Mackie? Um, he's all right. I just find him a little. B- I find it bizarre how they put him on the wing. To be honest, isn't he? Isn't he a um, centre? He's the centre, but they played him on the wing in the last few games. Um, Against Wales. Which is odd. Yeah. Well, who did they have in the centre in that game? Fakatawa and... Uh, that other guy. I don't know. Uh, the young guy. I can't remember his name. <laughs> he's he's quite big, oh, isn't he? Vincent. 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 That's that. Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're just trying to, trying to fill the biggest, quickest side they possibly can. Yeah, mate, it works. Yeah, that's what, that's what the All Blacks do, isn't it? Yeah, it works. Yeah. What what do you how how much do you think the um, introduction of Sean Edwards has improved them oh, defensively? Defensively, I mean, they uh, England couldn't really do anything. Johnny May was the only person able to do something. I mean, Johnny May is mm. a good player, but you know, England are a very good attacking side. Usually, score a lot of tries in the first half, especially. I mean, they just mm. completely held us back, which is kind of annoying. But it just means that Sean Edwards is a really good coach and France kind of needed a bit of a kick up the backside. And also Dupont's obviously a bit of a beast in defence. Like, good to have a defensive nine as well. He's a bit like mm. a Faf de Klerk kind of, kind of character. Uh, who, do, who do you think is better, Faf de Klerk or Antoine Dupont? Right now, I'd say Faf de Klerk, but Antoine Dupont will 100% be the best nine in the world in a few years. In a few years? Do you like, not think hands down. So, some people think he is now, I don't. But I, th- I think he yeah. will be. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what is interesting. I've just remembered this guy Anthony Boutier. I think is. I think that's how how it's yeah. pronounced. Um, he's yeah. he's the fullback who started against England, and he also scored that try against Wales in the first half when they beat Wales. And he is, 
like from the French Division Two. I heard this as well. He's made quite a big come up recently. Wait, what? In the what last like five, year, like five yeah. years ago, he was. Yeah, I think he, five he, years ago he was um, like a construction worker, um, part-time rugby player in the Division Two. Yeah, I think I heard this. I'm. Uh, he he's he plays for Montpellier at the moment. But yeah, this this article here says from nowhere to viral sensation, Francis Anthony Boutier, and I mean he, yeah he 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 <laughs> he's pretty pretty good for someone that's come come in from the Pro Division Two. Um, he's got a good boot on him. Yeah, it's, it says here he did a spiral kick against England that was really good, but no one cares about when it was against England. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm not sure that. when I'm not sure when he stopped playing for um for the Division Two side. Van or whatever it's called, something like Van. Men, Van. Men, men with Ben. Men with Ben. Um. <laughs> <Men> with ben. <laughs> how much? How much do you guys? Sorry, changing the subject slightly. How much do you think, like the international success of France and other nations in general, is linked to their club doing well in like European competition? Well, you look at look at England. Oh, not England. Yeah, England, but also like France and ireland and stuff i'm just wondering what you guys think about that well i don't know when leinster when leinster were tearing it up um you know ireland did beat the all blacks so i guess that's kind of linked yeah yeah, yeah. i think obviously yeah, if the player if, if a team's winning the champions cup or doing really well in you in europe then um, obviously their players are going to be really in form and those players are going to make it into their national squad so obviously they're going to be playing and if they're informed, they're going to probably do well, especially if they're all playing together at club level, or most of them. Mm, that's true. I was thinking though, do you do you think that's as big as a, a big as big an effect for England? Because like for England, for example, like in in England alone, there's ten clubs, right? And I feel like the international players, wow. they're twelve. Sorry, uh, the international players in general are relatively spread out. Like obviously, Saris have quite a lot. Saris kind of dominate. But but even so, like they're spread massively amongst loads of loads of different clubs, and so do you think that like Saris being successful in Europe really pins down to England's success for that much? Well, I think I think it comes with like if if you've got someone who plays with Saris, let's say you got Maratoja, who's young. He's a very good player, and he starts winning games with Saracens, and he wins the Champions Cup a couple of times. You know, he's got that winning mentality already. Whereas someone from Leicester, let's say you got George Ford, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's just gonna he's gonna be like, oh, I don't really know what it's like to win. Not gonna want to win. He's so good <laughs> though. Nah, nah, Leicester, Leicester nah I'm joking. I'm joking. Obviously. Oh uh, yeah, well, who have they bought? Don't know. A few perky players. That's what I heard. We're on a buying stream. Absolutely no one. Bristol still going to be rubbish. Bristol, Bristol is stupid at the moment. They're just. Do you see that? Just bought like the whole, the whole of the best team in the world. Did you see that new league player that they signed the other day? Yeah, that's gas. That beast. That beast. Fijian, a British army, like winger. Basically, Rockadunguni. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good, though. Yeah. Be interesting to see. Well, that's, a bit, that's a bit gas, maybe. But yeah. yeah. They got Roger Roger. Had that guy. Don't know how to say his name. 
<laughs> what he was in? He was in our. Uh, Burl. He was in our our southern hem- southern hemisphere. Tim Neer, right? Yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, check check out that episode if you haven't already. Yeah, <laughs> is is Burl Burl's playing for Bristol next year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's on loan, isn't he? <laughs> Mate, they're gonna be absolutely insane. I swear yeah, they, they've got terrible. that. Um, they've got. I think apparently they have Max Marlins as well. M- Marlins. <laughs> Marlins. <laughs> Marlins. Marlins. the fish from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy. He's good though. He's class. They're, they're going to tear it up. He's going to learn a lot from the, Charles. Without Saris, I mean, it'll be between them and Exeter. It's interesting. Interesting. It'll be the worst year of the Premiership in the last ten years. You're literally just Why? saying that because you're a sports Saris. Why? Because it's going to be dead boring. <laughs> Quinns are still in it. Go for the fourth spot every time. <laughs> Come yes, on, we, we, we might get into the Champions Cup this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as long as Rory McConaughey gets back from injury, then, then it'll is be he injured? Is he, is he injured? Yeah, he's injured at ATM. Yeah. Oh, Rory, we send so. our best, best wishes. That must have been why he didn't make the Six Nations. <laughs> we, know, we know you're listening. We know you're listening. I'm going to personally send you the podcast, Rory. <laughs> 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 gas gas alright and I think that about wraps it up for this episode next week we're going to have a bit more of a personal episode where we'll talk a bit about our own personal rugby experiences and maybe even include some funny funny stories I know Mal's got one he really wants to share so it's a good, it's a good one Bullsack. <laughs> <laughs> so look forward to that keep updated uh, with our our new episodes on social media instagram at much do by rugby uh and we'll see you in the next episode bye-bye rugby.